we start off hour two today on the Peter Hague Radio Show with some bad news for Al Gore. Smart Marta Greentown inbox, peterpeterhegg.com, still open accepting your emails. And yes, we will get to Newt Gingrich here this uh, this hour. Didn't get to him in hour one because we had our extended opening segment. But I will I will get to why I believe Newt has uh, officially sealed his fate in this uh, in this presidential election already. The Newt has imploded. That comes up shortly, shortly. Um, but. But we start in Greenland, where there is bad news for Al Gore. Now, you will remember, I will take you back, so I ensure that you remember, during the heat of the global warming debate, yes, pun, as poor as it is, totally intended. During the heat of the global warming debate, a lot of, uh, a lot of us on the conservative right who refuse to buy into the hysterics uh, the, the, these hysteria, hysterics, the hysteria that was creating Al Gore uh, and 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 global the global warmer movement was creating them a lot of wealth. They were getting extraordinarily wealthy at our expense as they continued to generate more and more hysterics. It's the same principle that you see with with labor unions. The more hysteria they can create, the more loyalty they can generate amongst their people. And uh, amongst workers, and therefore the more money in goes into their coffers, and, and that's why hysteria is the name of the game. It's the lifeblood of of union mentality. It's the lifeblood of the warmers as well. And those of us in the conservative movement that questioned and just refused to buy into this hysteria, watch those movies the day after tomorrow, and and you know we've got. New York Harbor, first of all, having a tidal wave that wipes out the entire city. And then before the water can recede, it all freezes. And, and you've got Manhattan as a giant skating rink. But this lone scientist manages to get in, in temperatures that if, you, if your skin is exposed, you just freeze to death. All of this happens within like two days, instantaneously. And it's all because of Dick Cheney and his allegiance to the oil companies, basically is what it was. And we, those of us in the conservative movement, so many of us said, how do you rational people who don't share our political views, but you're still rational, how are you not seeing through this? How are you not seeing that these people are playing hysteria, playing your fears to pocket more of your money? But the one, one of the things that a lot of us started asking a very reasonable and I will say an ingenious question because the left had absolutely no answer to it. And I think it all started here when the global warming um, nonsense, the global warming hysteria, the global warming uh, corrupt bargain started to fall apart. Here's the question. If the earth has been going through periods of warming and cooling throughout its history, and by the way, for the vast majority of these warmers, that means billions of years. They're not creationists. So we're talking about an Earth that in their estimation is billions of years old. And they've told us how we had the Ice Age, the Little Ice Age. We've gone through periods of warming and non-warming. All, by the way, without humans present. All, by the way, without SUVs. Which might tell us something about how much impact we're actually having over the climate change that we seem to be experiencing. 
But anyway, if the earth has been going through periods of warming and cooling throughout our history, here is the question. What makes us think that the climate we have right now, today, the one that Al Gore and all the warmers are telling us we have to preserve, what makes us think that this one is optimal? What makes this climate today the best climate for everyone everywhere? Why do we have to go out of our way to try to ensure that our climate stays exactly like it is all over the earth? In other words, who's to say that a few degrees warmer as a planet wouldn't actually be a problem? That, that might, It might actually be better for some people, more people around the globe. Oh, but Peter, it, it could melt some of the polar ice caps. Okay. Um, and, and increase fishing up north and down south, that's a problem because? Well, because it'll, it'll cause the rise of the sea levels and we'll lose some island nations and people will lose their homes. Well, the 24 people that live on that island over there, here's a suggestion. They're living in grass huts anyway. Why don't you move them to a bigger island that's not going to go underwater? Well, they lose their homes. Well, you're telling me this is going to happen in the next 100 years? I think we got time to, to effectively move them. We can get some U-Hauls out there. But it didn't, I mean, that didn't play with the left. They didn't even know how to respond to it, so they just didn't respond to it. How do we know that a couple degrees warmer wouldn't be better? Why are we fighting it? Wouldn't it be smarter to figure out what the, what the planet's climate is doing and then respond to it? You see, the left had no answer to this because they really weren't worried about people around the globe. What they were worried about was themselves, their own profit, their timeless Marxist efforts to control more people through the ever-expanding government, the ever-expanding authoritative state. And this global warming movement created the kind of hysteria that was causing a lot of, in every other circumstance, sane people to surrender their freedoms, surrender their blessings, surrender their money and their resources to those who are promising to protect them from, from instant global incineration. Sure, sure, we, we, we got we to gotta make drastic steps now. Al Gore said if we don't act now, the earth isn't going to even be here in 10 years. I know this may seem drastic, signing over our life savings for research in this regard, but, but Al needs it. You know, there was there was also a further point that many of us on the right made that even if we could prove that this climate was the very best we could ever had have, which of course you can't, because there are a lot of benefits to a warmer climate worldwide. But even if you could prove that the climate we have today, even if if God Himself spoke to us, spoke to mankind, and said, "The climate I have given you right now." is the best climate you will ever have. Even if we knew beyond a shadow of a doubt. The next logical question was, what, what was it that made us think that we are somehow capable of stopping climate change? If the climate has been changing for eons, for the entirety of Earth's existence, which these warmers will tell you has been billions and billions of years, if that's true, what makes us think that we've got the power to stop it? Maybe, wouldn't it be wiser to anticipate which direction the change was going and then adapt, 
harness that change and, and make it ben- make it a benefit to us? Again, there was no answer from the left. They had no answer. They preferred hysteria. And so that's what they went with. Well, the hysteria is getting hysterical. The story comes out of Nuke, Greenland. You will love this. Few places on Earth have seen starker changes in weather than this ice-bound island straddling the Arctic Circle. With that in mind, America's top diplomat arrived here this week, intent on calling attention to the perils of climate change. Okay, now who's America's top diplomat? Secretary of State. And that would be Hillary Clinton. So Hillary Clinton is going to go, uh, using tax dollars, to fly to Greenland to call attention to the perils of climate change. Because after all, if you're looking for examples of how the warming climate is affecting uh, affecting people around the world, Greenland's a great place to go. It hugs. There's people that actually live there. It hugs the Arctic Circle. And it's experiencing stark weather pattern changes, all being, of course, attributed to global warming. So Hillary thinks it's going to be a great photo op. The global warming movement probably thinks it's going to be a great photo op. So they send Hillary, they dispatch her with vigor to head over to Greenland for a few photo ops, press conference or two. It'll be great. Well, the problem was when she landed, Greenlanders aren't complaining. Here's the detail. In fact, as Secretary of State Hillary Rodham Clinton toured snow-covered fjords on Thursday, there were, I love that word, by the way, fjord. Um, She's touring snow-covered fjords on Thursday. There were awkward reminders of Greenland's embrace of the rise in temperature that began two decades ago. Rather than questioning global warming, many of the island's 60,000 inhabitants seem to be racing to cash in. The tiny capital of Nuke is bracing for record numbers of visitors this year. The retreating sea ice means a longer tourist season and more cruise ships from the United States. Hunters are boasting of more and bigger caribou, and the annual cod migration is starting earlier and lasting longer. In other words, the warming climate is benefiting Greenland. So I guess maybe our questions should be, what do Al Gore and all the warmers what do, what do they have in for, for the Greenlanders? What did Greenland ever do to them? Greenland's loving it. Wouldn't you? If you lived in an ice cube, wouldn't you love a little bit warmer weather? And by the way, you know who we can ask this question to? We can ask this question to the global warming geniuses who every year hold their conference and go where? To some tropical resort. Have you paused to consider that one? These people are warning us from the perils of a warming climate. And when they go to hold their event, they aren't holding it in the Arctic Circle. They're holding it in Bali. They're holding it in Tahiti. And they don't see anything inconsistent. They don't see anything somewhat um, odd about that reality. But here we are in Greenland, and the people of Greenland are basking in the warmer temperatures. They are loving the increased economic revenue that they're seeing as a result of the warmer temperatures. 
How much are they going to embrace the Al Gore, Hillary Clinton? Oh, my goodness, the earth is warming and we're all going to die. You know, there's probably some hefty caribou walking around saying, far from dying, this is this is uh, making it a little easier to find grass to eat. Again, just the arrogance of man when he thinks that he knows better. The arrogance of the left to believe that they can plan better. Had their planning been reality, Greenland wouldn't be basking in its glory right now. The story went on. In the far south, farmers are trying their hand at an exotic form of agriculture, growing vegetables. Before, the growing season was too short for vegetables, said Noah Melgard, a local journalist. Now it is getting longer each year. They're growing vegetables, and they like it. Al, what do you have in for the people of Greenland and their efforts to grow vegetables? I mean, is this the trade-off? We see the vast expanse of the economic vitality of 60,000 residents of Greenland. On one side, if we allow the climate to warm. On the other side, there's about 18 tribesmen from the island of Naboo, that are going to have to be moved from their grass huts to some island, probably given very nice residence, and, uh, and civilized to keep them from drowning when their island eventually disappears 100 years down there. So you're going to have 100-year-old uh, uh, Nabuites walking around in their loincloths that we're going to have to civilize and bring to some other island that's not going to go under. That's the trade-off, because I'll take that trade-off. I'll take that trade off. You want to start weighing the benefits of a warming climate against the 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 uh, downside of it. Uh, so far, I'm going to err on the side of let it warm. Now you're starting to see why the left never had an answer to it, because they know a warmer client climate is not necessarily a bad thing. I love this line of the story for Clinton, who was visiting Greenland for a meeting of the eight-nation Arctic Council. Yeah, that's what we need. We need an Arctic Council. It was one of several jarring countries. Is there is there a lot of uh, is there a lot of international dispute over land claims in the Arctic Council? What the, the snow blows over the lines and nobody can tell whose is what? We got to have an eight-nation Arctic Council that I'm sure we probably fund somehow. Anyway, sorry. She was she was there for a meeting. It was one of the jar, several jarring contradictions that threatened at times to distract from the message she traveled 2,000 miles to deliver. Yeah, I imagine it was. When you get people of Greenland saying, don't stop global warming, we're loving it. Yeah, you got Greenlanders walking by in their Speedos, eating their turnips. And there's Hillary saying, we must stop the global warming. And as they're lathering on the sunscreen in Greenland, I don't think they're going to be on board with the message. You see, this is what is, they, they use the term jarring for Hillary. It's always jarring for liberals when they realize that people don't really want to be controlled. People don't really want to be managed. People don't really want to be taken care of by the hand that does so by reaching into their, their own pocket. You know what people actually want, by and large? To be left alone. Oh, but, 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 Peter, what happens to him if we leave him alone? 
the climate's going to uh, climate's going to incinerate them. They're uh, they're going to spontaneously combust. No, they're not. You leave them alone. You know what happens? They survive. They thrive. They find innovative. They find amazing ways of responding to the changes in their environment, their surroundings, their world. They thrive. They they grow turnips. And you know something? If anybody in the world should know that about the the yearning of the human soul for freedom and to be left alone, if anyone should know and respect that, it should be a representative from the United States of America. And the very fact that she doesn't is a perfect example of what liberalism will do to the hearts and the minds of citizens and lawmakers even right here in the seat of human liberty. So let me be the first to wish several, several, many more productive years of growing turnips to the people of Greenland. And let me humbly and respectfully ask, oh, Greenlanders, that you bundle some up, put them in a package, and mail them to Al Gore. Please. Back for more of the Peter Hag Radio Show. Newt Gingrich stuff comes up next. Peter Radio. Radio. Radio Show. He has been seen, friends, the elusive, silent Joe Donnelly, the species Silentus Donnellus, has left its natural habitat of Washington for a tour of a state he <clears throat> represents. Have to tell you, uh, this is one of the one of the best things I've seen in quite some time. You know, you ask why we've latched on to Joe Donnelly for for such attention on this program. It's stuff like this. We'll get to it in one second. Regardless of how long your telomeres are, friends, those of you that just joined the program, you have no idea what I'm talking about right now. Regardless of how long they are, your number one day is going to come up. Are you prepared for that day? Lucan's Lake Resort reminds you that there is only one way to live eternally, only one way to be assured of life after death, and that is through the name of Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, the life. Thank Lucan's Lake Resort for bringing that message to you and for bringing you a great summer getaway. Go to their website, lucanslakeresort.com, for more information. All right, uh, Silent Joe Donnelly made one of his first television appearances since announcing he is running away from a rematch with Jackie Walorski in 2012. It was the Michiana Fox 59 crew that, that, that caught up here with the uh, Silentus Donnellus species as it was wandering around the state of Indiana. Uh, here, Let me just read you a couple quotes here. This just made my day. Here's Donnelly. Quote, there has never been a thought in my mind that I wouldn't win this next congressional race, Donnelly said. Okay, ordinarily, that would be regarded as a really arrogant statement, but in this context, what it looks like, it's overcompensation. Well, I'm not worried about it. No, I, I mean, I, I don't think she'd beat me. No, I, I believe that I would win. Sure, Joe. <laughs> Anyway, the story goes on, but Joe Donnelly isn't running for re-election to the House next year. He's running for Dick Luger's Senate seat, a move most pundits think is a way to avoid facing Republican Jackie Walorski in a redrawn 2nd District. <laughs> Joe, what that means is 
nobody's buying the official story. Your own ally, Mayor Greg Goodnight of Kokomo, didn't buy the story. Howard County Democratic Party Chairman Rick Ward didn't buy the story. That's why in the same story in the Kokomo Tribune where you're out there weaving this yarn about, oh, it's about serving the interest of my state. Yeah, you know, I, it's not, uh, I'm not, I'm not worried about the district. I'm not worried about that you got Goodnight and Ward both quoted saying, I think he saw the district and realized he wasn't going to win. I think he made a good call. I shouldn't put words in their mouth. They didn't say he wasn't going to win. Rick Ward said he thought he made a smart decision. And Goodnight said, yeah, he looked at the district. He lost his gerrymandered district. He lost the unfair advantage that he had. And without it, going toe-to-toe with Jackie Walorski was something that frightened him beyond words. Uh, but Joe doesn't want you to think that. He doesn't care what the pundits are saying. It's not why he did it. He doesn't care it's what his allies are saying. That's not why he did it. In fact, he's going to talk tough here. Quote, I wouldn't be afraid of a race against Ms. Walorski. We beat her in 2010 in possibly the worst political climate for a Democrat in decades and decades and decades. Oh, come on, Joe. Throw one more decades in there. And so, this new congressional district, a Democrat can win it, and I expect that a Democrat will win it, Donnelly said. Yeah, uh, of course, the significant detail that is overlooked by Mr. Donnelly in all of this, it was the worst political climate in decades and decades and decades because of the very policies that Joe Donnelly supported and still supports, mind you. And he squeaked out that victory in one of the most heavily gerrymandered districts in the nation, something that even National Democrats reluctantly acknowledge. I mean, you had left-wing observers who were looking at the Indiana redrawn districts, and they said, yeah, I mean, honestly, we have to admit the new districts are much more coherent than the ones the Democrats drew in 2000. All you have to do is look at the map. Yeah, these little dangly pockets hanging off of certain districts that that weave into areas and out of areas. It is so patently obvious, a a gerrymandering effort. It's absurd. Uh, Nonetheless, Mr. Donnelly has decided best to be put out to pasture. Uh, Sorry. Best to go graze in greener pastures. Now, let me get you, uh, give to you what, what I found to be the most outrageous, noteworthy comment I've heard or read from the lips of Joe Donnelly to this point. I, I want you to listen to this. This is, a, this is a quote of Congressman Donnelly. He says, quote, I will tell you that I think Richard Luger has a very, very tough race on his hands in the Republican primary. I'm not sure who will be coming out of that Republican primary, but I'm not focused on that. I'm focused on going to Every corner of our state, making sure that we have in place the kind of programs that are necessary for job creation. Talk to every single resident of our state that I can and tell them the same message I've had way up here, which is that we'll work nonstop for you and your family. What? (laughs) Go to every corner of our state. Talk to every single resident of the state that he can. Mr. Donnelly, we've offered you for 342 straight shows now the opportunity to talk to a number of those people in the state, 
by coming on our program. I would, I would even venture to say it would be one of the most anticipated conversations in the history of Indiana political talk radio. You've had the opportunity, 342 straight shows, 342 straight calls. You, you have been offered the opportunity to come on and answer to a number of your constituents the very thing you say you want to talk to them about, about why you think that your votes facilitate, quote, the kind of programs that are necessary for job creation. Mr. Donnelly, I've been waiting to ask you about that. How you feel that your vote for Obamacare, that hospital up in South Bend Memorial Hospital, has said has already cost the hospital a number of jobs, um, cost Howard Regional Hospital in this area, severe budget cuts that are going to affect personnel decisions. I, I would love for you to explain how the votes you've made for Barack Obama's economic policies that are crippling our economy, how that's necessary for job creation. I would love it. But not only has Mr. Donnelly refused, he has insulted our listening audience, uh, your, his constituents, mind you, by not even granting the courtesy of a polite decline. There's been no phone call. There's been no email. We haven't even gotten a form letter. No nothing. Which means I'm sorry, but I feel compelled to correct Mr. Donnelly's blatantly false, patently false, obviously false, exaggerative rhetoric to more accurately reflect what his true intent is. This should have been the quote. I'm focused on going to every corner of our state that I view as sympathetic to my views and talk with every single resident of our state that agrees with me, Donnelly said. After all, Congressman Joe, if you want people to believe that you're truly interested in hearing the concerns of all citizens, if you truly want people to believe that you are focused on going to every corner of the state, if you truly want people to believe that you want to talk to every single resident of your state that you can, if you want people to believe it, you got an opportunity to prove it. I think you know the number, but if not, we'll be calling you again tomorrow. And we look forward to your... Uh, your uh, happy and polite acceptance of our invitation. So I'm sure that's coming any day. So, update as Silentus Donalus wanders from its natural habitat into our region. Thanks to our friends of Attaboy Productions Incorporated, like those at Parker Creative Services, PCS, good friends of Attaboy, because they design all of our things, all of our, our web uh, work, all of our series features, all of our, our PowerPoint slides and theming graphics that we've had done. Parker Creative Services has had a hand in them. They've been behind it all, uh, making us look a lot better than what we really are, and many of you can attest to that. If you want the same kind of service... Go to parkercreativeservices.com, submit your information for whatever logo or graphic or design work you need done, and Keith will get back with you pronto and get it taken care of. And I know you'll be impressed with the quality of work that they do over there at Parker Creative Services. Again, the website, parkercreativeservices.com, submit your information, you can get a free quote today. Well, how about this one? I, I'll just lead off with this. The federal government has set Texas on fire. I mean... <laughs> You knew the feds were hostile to the states, but who knew how hostile? That story's next.
Thanks to our friends over at Century Villa Quality and Affordable Healthcare at uh, reasonable prices. Treating your family as though they are their own family. It feels like home at Century Villa. Website centuryvilla.com. Social Security set to run permanent deficits this year. Let me let me say it again. Permanent deficits. Now, to anybody with a rational mind, that would seem to indicate that the system is in trouble. It needs some attention. But the problem is that too many of those people, rational people, are getting their news from the Obama propaganda machine that is the mainstream media. You want proof of what I'm talking about? Listen to the opening of this Associated Press report. This is what they say. The bad economy is worsening the already shaky finances of Medicare and Social Security, draining the trust funds supporting them faster than expected, and intensifying the need for Congress to shore up the massive benefits program, the government said Friday. The Social Security trust funds are projected to be drained in 2036, one year earlier than the last estimate. Now, what do people normally think when they hear this? They say, oh, 2036. Oh, we got plenty of time before that happens. There's no need to get in a panic. There's no need to question an administration that's just ignoring this issue, clearly for political purposes. We got until 2036 to get this problem solved. The entire line of logic is absurd. Here's why. Listen closely so that you can explain this to others who don't get it. There is no trust fund that is being drained. Let's let's walk through this. Tom Bloomer helps us. First of all, Social Security collected more in taxes than it paid out in benefits. That's the way it was set up. Okay, so you're collecting more than what you're paying out. That's where the whole idea of a trust fund began. A normal trust fund or investment account would then take that extra money that we were getting from all the workers when Social Security first started and not paying out as much to those receiving it. They would take the leftover money and they would invest it, allowing them to grow. But that's not what we did. Since the 1960s, when big-time liberal Democrat, big-government president Lyndon Baines Johnson said, well, we're going to present a unified budget that includes Social Security instead of treating it as this separate, dedicated program. They took in all of that extra Social Security money, you know, that we were supposedly just accumulating through the years. And that's and that's what people say. They say, okay, wait a minute. So when we started out, it was 60 people paying in, one person receiving benefits for every 60 paying in. Now it's like two to one, two people paying in for every one that's receiving benefits. And we say, well, we're running deficits now. We're paying out more than what we're taking in. Well, the logical mind says, well, for all of those years that we were taking more money and we build up this huge kitty. And therefore, we can handle some deficits right now until we figure out what to do. The problem is that the liberal Democrats didn't let that money just sit there and grow. No, Lyndon Johnson wanted to fund all of his great society programs, all of these great social programs of the government. So he took in all of that money from the quote-unquote trust fund, and we've been spending it ever since. There is no trust fund. You know what there is? There's a big briefcase says Social Security Trust Fund on the outside, and inside, a bunch of government IOUs dating back to the time of Lyndon Johnson. There is no big bank account with all the leftover Social Security money excesses that we've been collecting all these years. We've already spent it. There is no trust fund, not anymore. 
the trust fund has been spent by your government in exchange for a bunch of paper IOUs. And I want you to remember that every time you get a politician like Joe Donnelly that calls the system rock solid. Or when Democrats suggest to you that reforms aren't necessary. Remember it every time you read stories from a bunch of sycophantic state-run press types, like the Associated Press that claims, well, we got until 2036 to figure out what to do. You realize by 2036 the IOUs are going to be so thick, they're going to bury us. Here's the reality. Social security is perhaps the most pressing domestic issue that we face because it constitutes such a huge portion of our yearly budget. We don't need politicians who are ignoring that issue. We need leaders who will deal with it. And right now, you don't find them in the Democrat Party.